You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Stu Heineck. And Stu, not only a friend of mine, but he's also the author of How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. Now, you might recognize his name from the podcast because he was in episode eight when I first launched this podcast. Jeez, it's been a year and a half, almost two years ago now. But I wanted to have Stu back on because number one, Stu is a well-known Wall Street Journal cartoonist. He's a Hall of Fame nominated marketer. He's an author. He's a business owner, an entrepreneur, but he also has another book coming out and it's called Get the Meeting. And I was such a huge fan of his first book. I can't wait to get his second book. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but before we do that, how's it going, Stu? (laughs) Great. With an intro like that, man, it's going great today. Yeah. Well, you you deserve it. You deserve it. Trust me when I tell you, I have recommended your first book to so many people, and I've gotten such amazing feedback from them. You know, I think it was just an amazing experience, and it really opened my eyes up, and I think it's helped a lot of people. So I'm super excited about this upcoming book. So give everybody a quick backstory. For those of them that didn't tune into episode eight, give them a quick backstory. Take a minute or two, fill in the blanks, and then let's get into this new book. Sure. Well, you know, very, very early in my career, I discovered that if I sent a cartoon to someone, like a, let's say an eight by 10 print of a cartoon, one of my cartoons, and it's about them, it's personalized, and I send that with a letter, I was able to reach anyone, essentially anyone. And so I launched my business that way. I sent, it to, I sent a print and a, a letter to two dozen magazine publishers, and I was you know, VP of circulation and got right through to them. All of them became clients. Actually, all of them responded. All of them became clients from that little contact. I didn't know what to call it. So I called it a contact campaign. But from that little campaign, I broke through to everyone and all of them became clients. And I thought, well, that's amazing. And man, aren't I cool? Because I've got a secret weapon. My cartoons, I can get through to anyone. And that is pretty cool. But then then things got really interesting when I thought, when I started wondering, well, what's everyone else doing? Because we've all, we all have this challenge. How do we reach the people who can change the scale of everything in our businesses and in our lives? So I was just sort of noticing stories. And the more that I thought about this, the more I realized there are fascinating stories out there of really clever things, really audaciously clever and smart things that people have been doing to break through to people who change everything in their lives. And there's a book here. And it's not about cartoons. I mean, that's my little contact patch with it. But it's about what are people doing to break through to the people who can change everything? And so that became how with my book, I'll, I'll even hold it up for you. It's how to get a meeting with anyone. And, and it did really well. It sold really well. It's been translated into four languages. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's not 19, but it's pretty cool. And I keep hearing from people actually from all over the world who've used the book and changed their results. I mean, drastically changed their results. And I mean, everyone from people who are working for Fortune 250s to 
startups, when I've heard that startups actually used my book to get started because they have, you have to connect with angel investors and on and on and on. You've got to connect with people to make things happen in life. And so, yeah, that's what brought us today. I mean, I've got a new book coming out now, but that was how to get a meeting with anyone. All of it's still relevant. There are 20 categories of contact marketing campaign types in there, and they're very useful and people are changing the result as a result of reading it. Yeah. The book was very powerful. And before we hit record, you mentioned something to me and it really resonated. And it was, you said, how one meeting can change everything. Yeah. So the whole focus of this, of your first book, and particularly the second book, which is an evolution and kind of a leveling up of the strategy in order to enhance the results. I think we all struggle with that as business owners. Like you said, whether you're in a startup and you're trying to raise capital or whether you're in a startup and you're trying to get new clients or whether you're a mature company and you're trying to reach CEOs, you know, or whatever the case may be, I think we all struggle with that because it's so noisy, right? The internet is, has become such a difficult place to navigate. Just in general, we're getting crushed with the messages. So this, you have a super unique strategy. I don't want to spill the popcorn in the lobby because I do want to talk a little bit about these, but you gave a little bit of a prelude with your cartoon idea, which you really didn't give anywhere near the amount of credit to. I mean, you sent out what, how much was it? 26 different, 26, did you say? Oh, to start with, it was just 24 people. 24 people you sent cartoons out to, customized to them. You had a 100% response rate, right? But not only a 100% response rate, if I'm not mistaken, 100% of those people became your clients. Is that correct? Yeah, 100% conversion. So 100% conversion, not just response rate, meaning they just didn't send him a nice email back saying, oh yeah, hey, let's set up a call. They actually bought his services. So I mean, that's the type of power and impact that you can have when you do these things right. So now that we've talked about that, let's kind of dive into this new book, right? Get the meeting, because I know it's going to be coming out mid-October, right? Yeah, October 15th, right in the middle. And obviously, we don't have nearly enough time to unpack all that, because I know there's going to be a million things in there. But why don't you give us some highlights of you know how this is maybe a little bit different and why people who read the first one definitely need to pick this one up. And if you haven't heard about you know, your whole concept about contact marketing and, and how to get the meeting, why they should check this thing out. Yeah. I'm going to hold by it up. By the way, up, just so you guys know, by the way, I just ordered a case. Okay. That's right. Thank you so much. I just ordered a case. <laughs> Thank you so book. much. <laughs> so I was ordering those regardless of whether Stu came on the podcast or not, but I ordered a case because I'm going to give them away to clients and friends and people that I know. So I love that. Not only am I, you know, is he on the podcast here, but I'm a huge fan. So I'm sorry, oh, take that away, but I wanted everybody to know yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. I- Hey, listen, I thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing that. I'm going to hold it up. This is not the actual book. It's the galley, but it looks like it's actually the book. So it's, it's called Get the Meeting. And here's what happened. You know, I, I heard from a lot of, after How to Get a Meeting with Anyone when it published, I started hearing from people who were using the book, using what they're reading in the book. And they, were, they wanted to tell me they were really excited. Here's what happened when I used some of the things that I read about in your book. And one of the things that I kept hearing from people all along was, gee, I, I really would love to see pictures of what the campaigns looked like that you wrote about. But okay, well, that just kind of that registered in my head, you know, okay, that, gee, that would have been a good idea. But, and then eventually the publisher was getting so excited about the book because it's doing well. I mean, how to get a meeting with anyone? It's doing really, really well. So I got really excited about it. And they said, you know what, would you write another one? What would, or if we wrote another one, or if you did another one, what would it be about? How would it be different? And I mentioned to them, well, I think first thing is that we ought to be collecting more case studies, and we ought to be showing what these campaigns look like. I mean, just that alone would get people excited. But then as I got more and more involved in this, Dennis, that and then also, 
you know, I run an agency and we help clients, sales teams break through to their top accounts. And I'm seeing these incredible results. Like for one, in one case, a Fortune 250 client of mine, before we started working together, they were breaking through to their top strata of accounts. I mean, they use account-based marketing or ABM, our friend Sangram, the integrator of that. But so they're using that and their top strata was their global accounts. And they told me that they were getting through to those accounts exactly 0% of the time. They just weren't able to break through. And which is amazing because this is a big company, but they weren't breaking through. And then we went to using the, my cartoon big board system, just like the campaign is a much later involved or evolvement now of, of what I sent out originally to those publishers. And it went from a 0% contact rate to a 70% contact rate and a 50% meeting rate with those same global accounts. And that is, those are stunning marketing numbers. In fact, they're probably, they're unbelievable marketing numbers. But the thing is that it started to bother me. If those are global accounts, and they are, if these are really important potential clients and they're, they all count. So great that we're reaching, and I mean, that we're connecting with 70%, but what about the other 30%? And that started to bother me. And so as I was collecting all these new case studies, I realized, well, our, the model for contact marketing needs to be updated. And so it has been in this book. It's now a three-prong approach instead of a single-prong approach. Single-prong being the sending out something amazing or doing something amazing to get somebody's attention in the right way and having them say, man, I love the way this person thinks. We got to meet. And getting high response rates. And these response rates already have been going up to 100% in some cases. But instead of just doing that, we're also adding a digital persistence campaign. Actually, a lot like what our friend Sangram does what his company does, Terminus and, and others like Rollworks, we're starting to run ads in, through the Google Display Network so that when, you, when we're reaching out with that outreach campaign, we're also starting to advertise to them wherever they go on the web. You know, they start seeing the ads and that just plays and it keeps going. So it, it plays prior to contact and then during contact and then after contact as they go through the sales cycle. And it supports that all the way through to the end. It could actually be supporting it all the way through customer retention. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's, yeah. let's, let's unpack that because that's one of the big differences between what you did to launch your company and what some of your clients have done in the past to the evolution of tying kind of old school marketing direct, almost like a direct mail or direct contact piece with digital, right? So, yeah. so explain yeah. to us how that works. Maybe the best way to do that would be to give us an example of somebody who you know, sent that, you know, whether it be their version of a cartoon or whatever that item is, you know, and sent it to them and then how they were able to convert those people into that digital persistence campaign. Can you bridge that gap for us? Well, I wish I could, but actually it's so new <laughs> that it's, it, that's why it's in the book. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay, great. Yeah. This is the evolution in the making. Yeah. But we already know that if you're running ads, you can, you can already create a lot of, not just awareness, but I think, you know, if I was reaching out to you and I was using those digital ads first. I mean, before I even reached out to you, if you start seeing ads for my books, let's say, this is how I would do it for myself. You'd start seeing ads for how to get a meeting with anyone. And so I'm going to hold it up. You'd see a graphic like this in the ad without me holding it. And next to it would be a headline, one meeting can change everything. And then there'd be a link to go buy it, let's say on Amazon. And if I start running that ad, let's say two weeks prior to my outreach to you, then, you know, you're, and, I write, and, and I run it on the Google Display Network. Well, what's happening then is anywhere you go, you're going to start seeing my ads. So what it looks like is I'm an, actually, in some cases, it might make it look like I'm a national advertiser and I'm really, really advertising a lot. 
I think in this case, it might even look like Amazon is advertising my books everywhere. So it's a very important book or set of books. And then all of a sudden you hear from me, well, you're already pretty impressed, I would think. Right. Um, and oh my God, I just, you know, I've been seeing this guy's ads. I mean, ads for this guy's book or books everywhere. And I just heard from him. Right. So that's a good thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. It re- obviously reinforces the positioning that you've established in that early, in those early engagements. Yeah. And let's say, even if it wasn't prior to that, but maybe you went, there was some, you have to set pixels to do this, or you have to use third party pixels to do this. So let's say you're using set pixels. Perhaps you visited my website, or perhaps I handed you my pocket campaign, which is also part of the new model, a device instead of a business card that ultimately leads you into, puts you into our digital persistence campaign as well. So even if it's after I've reached out to you and you start seeing those ads, it's going to reinforce our contact together. And so I don't have to keep calling. Well, I will still call you, right? The sales rep should still be calling. But in addition to all that actual manual follow-up, you're doing something that I think really impresses the hell out of them because they're seeing your stuff everywhere. Yeah, it's definitely a differentiation piece for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know the whole ABM advertising concept that, you know, that our friend Sangram and Terminus is doing, and they've made huge strides in that whole process. And so what you're doing is you're really tying those two things together, right? And yeah, so that's the evolution of where not only marketing, but this whole content marketing concept is moving. So interesting. Okay, great. Expand, you know, can you do us a favor? Can you expand on that pocket campaign that you just talked about? Because that's new also. That's oh, yeah. New, that's a new concept here beyond, because that was not in the first book. So you've kind of been no. holding that one back on me a little bit. So share with us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, if you think about business cards, I'm, do you, Dennis, do you hand out business cards? I don't. Okay, good. You're a great, <laughs> great case in point. Actually, whether you did or did not, the thing is, the concept and the, the strategy behind business cards is worn out. I think yeah. it's just utterly worn out. Because what out. is it? You know, it's, it's this little piece of either paper, or it could be a nice paper stock or Jeep. I don't know. It's a little, usually it's paper, or it could be metal. It could be carbon fiber now. And our contact details are etched into those pieces or printed on those pieces. Maybe there's foil stamping and embossing on the paper ones and all that. It's all meant to impre- make, our, make us and our contact details look impressive. I would think that's, that's about all it is. And we're so used to it. We're so, we're so bored with it that all that happens is you get a card and you might enter their information into your database, but otherwise you're, gonna, you're either going to throw it away or you're going to put it in a box and it just doesn't do anything. They're inert. They don't do anything. I just threw away about 300. Boom. There Literally, you go. I was cleaning my office. They were bound up with like a rubber band. I looked yeah. at them. I already know I had put all those people into my contact database or I've connected with them on LinkedIn if I was going to connect with them. So I tossed them. They're just, they're a nuisance. They're worthless. Yeah. 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 They're worthless. So I started thinking, well, okay, you know, contact marketing should also take place when you meet people face to face. Let's say maybe at a networking event or a flight or whatever. You know, if you want to start drawing them into your persistence campaign, you, a little device instead of a business card would make a lot of sense. And I started by researching, we know we've all gotten business cards that are just the coolest things we've ever seen as well. And I just said that they're all a dirt, but some aren't. Some are really incredible. And I wanted to figure out, well, what is it about those cards that makes them so incredible? And what I realized as I was basically a, a lot of Google searching on world's coolest business cards, what I was finding was that the same collection kept showing up over and over again. And these cards, you look at them, you think they're really clever, first of all, but you realize, well, all of them are, they're actually involvement devices. So most business cards aren't. Right. And 
So they're involvement devices, and some of them are, well, actually, I'll show you a couple examples. So here's one of my new cards. It's, you know, it's the book, the book cover. So it's like a miniature book. It's a foldable book. Yeah. There's my contact information on there, just like a, a business card. But the thing is, it's actually a Z card. So it's, it opens up to tell you the, the story of contact marketing, and then it shows you some of the campaigns that you'll see in the book. And it has down here, it has a jump offer that leads to a jump page. And that's a critical portion of the, the pocket campaign model. What I want you to do is go to my website and then fill out the form and I'll send you a preview of the book. So there's a free preview. Here's another example. This one actually appears in the book. It's fictional because the pocket campaigns didn't exist when I was writing this. So, but what I've done is I've used, this is a device called the, the wild card. It's actually, it's a two piece, you know, it's very thin. You can see about the thickness of a credit card, size of a credit card. It's actually a pocket knife that you could put in your wallet. That's pretty useful. And it's got a lot of other, there are all these other cutouts and, and things that there's all sorts of, of functions to that. So and for those of you that are listening to this on the podcast, visualize a business card size utility belt, right? It's like a, yeah. it's, it's like a tool that can help you with a whole bunch of little things. It's something that's going to keep it and make it number one, unique, but number two, you're going to retain it. Unlike yes. a business card that I just threw several hundred in the trash, right? I would have never thrown that. You wouldn't have thrown this trash. away. Never by the way, I got to give a plug. This is done by Zootility. Zootil- like the, the animal zoo. Zootility. So what I did was I just fictionalized. I made up this home inspection service, Blacksmith. Yeah, Blacksmith Home, home Inspectors. And it has Mike Blacksmith's name and his phone number and, and email address on there. But on the back, on the back is a, a link to go to get to view a video on how to use the tool. So that video is on a jump page and that, that jump page sets a pixel. Yeah, and that's then, perfect. So as soon as you go there just to get directions on how to use the tool, the next time you, or actually the next destination on the web, you're going to start seeing Mike Blacksmith's ads. They're going to start out. following you around the internet everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it's funny because my wife gets so freaked out when she's like, she, the first time this happened where ads were following her around, you know, she, at something on Amazon or on somebody's site. And then all of a sudden, you know, she saw 10 ads for it. And she's like, I think people are spying on us. And I started laughing. I'm like, babe, it's just, it's the new form of marketing. I go, have you ever bought anything because you saw it again and again and again from those ads? And she had, she had, she's like, yeah, it just kept popping up and popping up. I had put something in my shopping cart and then I didn't have time to buy it or I was kind of hedging. And then a week later, I actually bought it. And I said, it was because of those ads, those following you ad, the persistent ads, right? And she goes, yeah. Yeah. I said, so there's a perfect example of how it works. I love that you brought that up because that's why I think that a digital persistence campaign needs to happen as part of our contact marketing campaigns because, for that, because of that exact point. I've, we've all gone through that. We've gone to, to e-commerce sites. We've looked at something. And we thought, maybe later. Or you might have even bought something from them. And then they keep reminding you and you come back and buy more. I've done it. A lot of people have done that. Well, I want that same thing happening in our contact marketing campaigns. And I want all of that driving, helping to drive us to 100% response rates. But you know what? Here's the thing. It's actually possible to go beyond 100%. Okay. That's interesting. You're going to get more than 100% response rate. More than 100%. Let's hear it. it. When I was studying those business cards, one of the ones that I saw was, this business card that was printed on a little sheet of rubber, like just gum rubber, the tan stuff. That, and so what they did was they put it on a, they stretched it on a, on a jig and then they printed it with the fellow's contact information. So then they let the, the ink cure and dry. 
and then take it off. And of course, it, as soon as it's off the jig, it's no longer stretched. It's back to its original shape. But all the contact details are now squeezed together. And so the fellow whose card this was told me that he would uh, go to, let's I don't know, pub. I guess he goes to pubs a lot. So he said whenever <laughs> he went to a pub and he got into a conversation with someone about, well, what do you do? And what do you do? And it, that usually, that often will lead to interesting conversations. Well, when they get to the point where they're exchanging business cards and he whips out this little floppy thing, it's like an ambush. You know, like, well, thanks for your card. Here's mine. Whack. You know, <laughs> and and they're going, oh my God, that's outrageous. The thing that they do is they take it, they stretch it. They just naturally do that because that otherwise, how are you going to read the card? Right. When they stretch it, they discover it's Paul Nielsen's card. He's a fitness trainer. Guess what? He already has you exercising. That's oh, that's cool. so funny. That's cool. <laughs> So he's tied the concept right into his message. His own it's a visual metaphor. You're yeah. getting a sample of working out with him. Right. That's so and funny. Very That's cool. incredible. And, and now here's what happened is that the people would say that he handed it to would say, oh my God, that's so cool. Can I keep it? Of course. So they'd take it to work. They'd, take, they'd show it. They'd just keep it in their pockets and show it to everyone. Hey, look at this card that I got from this guy. I met him at, at the pub and they'd exercising. Ah, they'd write down his name and number. He said every time he handed out his business card, he would get three to four new clients. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, I that's have, crazy. I have pretty cool business cards. You know, I showed you my, my Z card, but right. usually they have cartoons all over them. I mean, I'm a cartoonist, so right. they're very charming cards, but that's never, ever, ever happened as a result of handing out a card, one of my cards, probably yeah. any card. That's amazing. <laughs> now imagine, and I'm going to try to, and I'm going to, of course, I'm going to add a level of complexity to it because that's what we do. But that card idea that he had, now imagine if he had added that digital persistence concept where he could convert them. Oh, yeah. Like if he put a a link to a video, say, hey, go to this URL and I'll give you a free training video on how to. Exactly. Now all of a sudden, now he's integrated that persistence. Now now, now that three or four, every time he handed out a business card, might have turned into 20. Right, exactly. Right, I don't know. So that's amazing. That's, that really is amazing. So we talked about, you know, the evolution of the process with, you know, with, the contact marketing, the digital persistence, and then the pocket campaigns, right? We talked about all yeah. those things. Are there any examples or case studies or anything you want to share before we close out here in the next few minutes? Oh, man, there's just, so many of them. things we didn't talk about? Whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, well, I mean, I will say I did get to kind of go a little wild on the, the case studies. So there, there's some really cool stuff. There's some really forward-looking stuff, you know, using augmented reality and virtual reality. That's going to be a part of this. Mm. Um, and, uh, of course, AI, I mean, AI is, that's a pretty obvious thing at this point, but I think there are going to be two kinds of people in the world soon. Those who use AI and those who don't, who are left behind right. and didn't, but AI is certainly figuring into it. But some of the campaigns, some of the things that people did to reach out, to connect with people that really made a difference to them, they're just so fascinating. And one of them, a company used, a startup used a $28 ad on Facebook to gain access and entry and rollout in Walmart. And it changed their business overnight. I mean, it, it changed their valuation, actually. Right. Because it rolled yeah, out. That's and, an example. You talk about that in the book, right? In the new yeah, book. Like yeah. the entire process, how they did it and how they went about it and the return on investment, all that, right? Yeah. And it actually, I mean, when I say changed their valuation, I mean, it multiplied it. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Huge multiple. And so we figured that that was a 69,500,000% ROI on that campaign, which is pretty crazy. 69 million? Yes. That's, so that's the new record. Yeah. I, that's got to be the new record of all time for ROI on, on uh, marketing campaigns, 69 million percent result. Yeah. 
No, but I'll just say, I'll just wind up by saying there was this one story. It might be my favorite one. I don't know. There are a bunch of them. They're all great. They're really, they're so clever and so, so audacious. But Chris Christopherson, who is a singer songwriter, I, I think people still know him. Yep. When he was a young guy, he was in, and in the military. He wasn't yet a singer songwriter. And when it was stationed in Germany, he was flying helicopters for the, for the military. And he thought, well, you know, I'm going to, when I get out, I'm going to live my dream. I'm going to, I'm going to move to, to Nashville. I'm going to meet Johnny Cash. I'm going to, he's going to be my buddy and I'm going to, I'm going to sing with him and I'm going to well, play together, all that stuff. I'm going to do this. So he moved to Nashville and he was introduced to Johnny real quickly backstage, made no impression. Okay. All right. So then he got a job as a janitor at the studio where, where Johnny um, recorded and Chris would sneak demo tapes to Johnny's wife and his guitar player, but nothing was happening. So one day I just out of, I don't know, frustration, desperation, whatever, inspiration, really. He decided, since he was still flying for the National Guard, that he would take one of the helicopters and fly over uh, to Johnny's property. And, and he landed on his front lawn and handed Johnny a tape, a demo tape. At that time, he got his attention. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> Good Lord, he, he landed a helicopter in his front yard and handed him yeah. a tape. That's memorable, if nothing else, right? That's, it humanizes you, makes you... I mean, Johnny, he was used to tell that story a lot about Chris. Oh, meet Chris, you got to meet this guy. This guy landed a helicopter on my front lawn to give me, it became this urban legend. Really. That's amazing. Uh, so, you know, those things, those experiences that we give others that are important to us, Johnny was certainly very, I mean, critically important to Chris, but those experiences, they're stories of the stretchy cards, whatever, those things that we do for the people that we're trying to reach who are critically important to our success if they humanize us, if they cause us to stand out, if they cause us to say, the, the person on the other end of this to say, wow, I love the way you think, then you're going to get through. And that's what the two books are about. Yep. And I love the whole idea of you're only one meeting away, right? And that's where these two books can really help you. How to get a meeting with anyone in your new book, get the meeting. So why don't you tell everybody, we're going to wrap it up. Tell everybody how they can get both of the books, particularly the new book, get the meeting. And then um, we're going to wrap it up for today, Stu. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, you can find them, actually, just either look it up under my name or under the two titles, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone or Get the Meeting. They're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Indigo, uh, Indie, uh, can't remember. The- <laughs> basically, everywhere you Yeah, sell. everywhere. Basically, <laughs> everywhere the books are sold, you can find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. And I'll make sure I include the links here in the, in the show notes, not only to the book, but to also how you can contact Stu reach out and learn a little bit more about what he does. If you're interested, you have a, if you're a corporation and you're interested in learning more how, about how your salespeople can break through to those really important contacts, because that's, that's Stu's primary business. And um, hey, listen, Stu, I really, really appreciate you were here today. I'm super excited for the book and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.